I, I don't like being on this page because I'm getting ads for gun magnets, which are magnets that you can put places to hold your guns so you can um, be an action hero. No, I use my gecko tape to stick it to the bottom of the table. <laughs> well, and then they show it holding up like a 20 pound weight. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's a powerful magnet and a powerful sticky thing that can hold the magnet in. And then they're like, guns, time to outfit your gun locker with magnets. I don't want magnets in my gun locker. Thank you. Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. So as we record this, uh, there are two days left in uh, the season of fall. And so it's probably about time we start thinking about our next seasonal themes and kind of reflecting upon our uh the the fall themes um so liz would you be prepared for that hell yeah uh if you don't know what we're talking about go listen to cortex yada 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 (laughs) etc uh you try and focus your attention in one particular direction uh for a particular duration because if you try and focus your attention everywhere all the time uh you don't get much of anywhere and so if you can say hey i'm just gonna look at this particular aspect of my life or this particular thing or whatever uh you can kind of point in that direction and hopefully uh make meaningful changes in that direction yeah and it's not a goal it's a theme so you can just even so even if the trend line just kind of gets just a bit towards it that's a success mm-hmm. and you don't have to like lose 100 pounds by march because that's ridiculous probably not healthy not healthy all right uh do you want to go first or should i uh how about you go first okay well the fall of cool elf my fall I'm just going to do a quick reflection. Um, Mm -hmm. The Fall of Cool Elf was an enormous flop. (laughs) It was an unprecedentedly unused theme. I don't think I've had a theme that was more in my head and more totally unacted on. Mm. And I want in in this essay, I will try to deconstruct why that happened and how I can try to use my winter theme to correct it and eventually try to be a cool elf again. Okay. The first thing I need to think about is why the fall of cool elf went so badly. The most major thing that I could think of was that this fall has been extremely stressful for me, and the stress has caused me to turn my attention inward instead of towards a community, like I imagined a cool elf doing. Uh, all my spare time had to go to trying to make myself feel better, and the best way to do that is... I don't know exactly, but it's not writing open source code or whatever I thought my cool elf would do. Which... Brings me to my next point, which is that I didn't really have a plan for my cool elf character. I kind of wanted to write open source code, but that's an extremely broad scope that I never actually narrowed down. So whenever I thought, yeah, now would be a good time to do be a cool elf, do the thing, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up opening GitHub and browsing for 10 minutes and deciding that I would rather do something else. But why couldn't I just pick a project and start typing? So the next thing I wanted, I need to think about is why I couldn't just pick a project and start typing. Mm-hmm. And I think the answer what is that I'm trying that I was trying to do too much at once, and that made me kind of bad at everything. Um, a big part of Cool Elf, one that I forgot until like halfway through the season, was that Cool Elf was anonymous, and if people didn't like Cool Elf, I could just delete the account, and there was no harm. Um, but I was also trying to like work on my coding portfolio, um, which is not anonymous at all. Actually, it has my name all over it. Mm-hmm. So, so I was scared to put my name on the changes I was proposing. And why didn't I figure it out before the postmortem? Because I was too focused on making myself feel a tiny bit less stressed all the time. And you can yeah. see how that cycle goes. Yeah. Yeah. So what can we do to make the winter theme work better? Well, one thing is that one of my biggest stressors has been greatly diminished fairly recently. So I am much more able to do things. But besides that, reflecting on my fall has taught me that I need to be able to think about myself in a different way. Not as... Not as... Um, a... I didn't write this part because I couldn't think of it, and I was hoping that in the moment uh, I would be able mm-hmm. to think of some something yeah, to I've say. Got, I've got some little redacted bits in my re- retrospective that hopefully I'll, uh, you know, just fly right through. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I need to be able to think about myself differently, um, you know, and not as... This is going to sound kind of self-helpy, and I am very sorry for that, but like... <laughs> Most of all, I was thinking, like, these are things that are happening to me, and I need to be able to deal with that. And, like, I think that did help me get through it, but it's not great for cool elfing. Like, just trying to manage all the things that are happening mm-hmm. is not very cool elf. So I need to be able to think of myself as, like, an active participant get in in, uh, like i need to uh plant my foot somewhere and just push forward instead of just continue backing up uh metaphorically speaking yeah is i go ahead uh, is the mental block that you're having that you don't want to use the words proactive and reactive uh partially yes okay Um, so, welcome to The Winter of Liz. Ooh. It's a celebration of me and a context or like a framing for how I think about my motivations for doing everything. Getting out of bed is the main one. Why am I getting out of bed today? I'm going to have a reason. Mm -hmm. The Winter of Liz. During the fall, I felt the need to be, to constantly have the most important thing in my life be something that's not myself. Uh, and I suppose you could make a, like a Rube Goldbar- 
Rube Goldberg-esque argument for why the things I was thinking about is kind of about me, but that's not how I was thinking about it. I was Mm -hmm. thinking about like how I was thinking about the situation and what I needed to do to resolve the situation constantly. And I was waking up in order to deal with the situation and not to not for myself really yeah so welcome to the winter of liz where i get to be my own motivation hell yeah um okay i'm I'm just trying to like put together a picture of the winter of liz in my head so i can ask questions about it uh, and i feel like maybe i still don't even have enough pieces to put that picture together that's okay. Um, one of the things that I like, one of the things that uh, is, oh my God, how do I say this? Like, there's, okay, so there's an aspect of improving myself, making Liz better. So, you know, that's going to be. Uh, actually exercising occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, uh, there's... I I have some projects that I think would make me happy, but I never did because I was too, you know, I was too focused on the situation and blah, blah, blah. We already went mm-hmm. through that. Um, I also... Like... There's this phone call I need to make, and I'm just very not cool elf. I'm very worried about them picking up the phone and laughing at me, basically. <laughs> and, but the, but I think framing it as a task I need to do in order to accomplish the goals that I'm doing for myself will help me framing framing it that way will help me um, actually pick up the phone and make that call Mm -hmm. does the winter of Liz involve refactoring your omnifocus almost certainly (laughs) (laughs) Um, just because I'm thinking about it and a lot of my Right. If I were to look at my projects in Todoist that my things are sorted into, I've got one. um, I think it is called Personal is the project. And it's that um, I have like an unpaid payment that I should make, especially right now, because the the folks who need that money definitely could use it right now. Um, uh, And. I am I am in a spot where I have the money and I could just do the the payment, but then I've got a call them and also it's just sitting in this bucket called personal and has been since whatever since march Hmm. um in a way that it's not like ah, i would like to feel better about myself or i would like to help this community or whatever Mm -hmm. you're looking confused i you seem i think you have a point that i'm missing the point is that i i think That is, for me, a phone call that I have been meaning Mm. to make and have been 
uh, not making because I haven't been drawing the line from that phone call to anything else, to helping right. anyone, helping myself, um, anything. It's just like a, a thing, right. a phone call. Yes. And I think that is actually a really good, that that's you, I think you have put it in a much better way than I ever could that mm-hmm. like putting these tasks in a context makes them not feel more important, but feel more doable for some reason. Yeah. Cause it, it, it is just a phone call and mm-hmm. like the, and and the anxieties surrounding phone calls in general don't go away, nor does my specific anxieties about this phone call go away. But putting it in that context, it makes it easier to uh, genuinely say to myself that this is worth doing. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I don't know, it's pretty important because it, it, it puts kind of a hold on for me at least it puts a little hold on the catastrophizing that i tend to do yeah like actually the worst thing that can happen is that they yell at me and tell me to go away which is not a big deal at all actually because this is for me and not about them and like so yeah that's Mm -hmm. i hope that makes sense i think it does i think it makes a lot of sense I have a lot of questions that are not directly related to the theme, but are related to things that you mentioned uh, when describing the theme. And so maybe those are after show questions. Probably, yeah. Cool. Uh, Is there a season of Liz um, reading list? I understand this is like my thing. This is my thing that I sit on. um, And you have never done a reading list for a theme, but I still want to ask. Not so far. I will update you if that changes. Okay. All right. Do you feel like there's a there's a nice bow on the winter I, of Liz? I think so. Um if there's like one thing to say about it, it's like uh I am excited for it. I like it's an ambitious title. Like this is one you you don't get to do like too many seasons of your own name. Mm-hmm. I think, it, and I and I think it's, but I think it is. How do I not like worth doing? But like this, it is an important time, and that's why it has right. an important name. It's an important yeah. time for me. Yeah, that is. What you need right now is Liz. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, Zach, let's hear it. All right. So I had uh, the season of self-care and it started with like a vague notion of what self-care might look like. And it's ending with a vague notion of what self-care might look like. But within that vague notion, I feel like I did a pretty good job. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I am just going to list off some successes of self-care because I I think that's a cool thing to do, a cool way to do it. Um, I started therapy again. Um, nice. I did yoga classes. I journaled more than I have probably in the past year before. 
Um, that's still like once a month, but it is more often than it had been. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and thinking about that, like journaling itself is not intrinsically good, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, um, this is going to be a contrived, uh, analogy, but it's kind of As... like the GDP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where like the GDP can be as good as you want it to be, but that doesn't actually translate to mm-hmm. concrete results for the average person, let's right. say. Um, and so in a similar way, I can journal as much as I want, um, but it's not the journaling that's the end goal. It's the the self-reflection um, and the self-analysis, I suppose, of of myself that journaling inspires um i took a couple days off i just said like okay i'm just gonna take this day off and it's just gonna be a relaxing day and that's all it's gonna all i'm gonna expect of it um i had some really good days where i just stopped and listened to where i was at before i made decisions um and those i think are like the highlight of the season of self-care is I really took time a few days uh, and said like, okay, where am I at? What do I need? Um, and what am I trying to do? That's not giving me that, um, hmm. which became very important questions. I think I also did a face mask for the first time, like a, a, a peeling <laughs> scrub face mask. Uh, it did not bring the like release or relief that I had imagined it would, but I gave it hmm. a shot. Um, I learned some things. I learned that when I schedule things, I'm more likely to do them, which is a lesson that I learn maybe once a week. (laughs) 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 That if I'm like, ah, okay, I'm going to do therapy and that's going to be my scheduled time for self-reflection, then I am more likely to self-reflect. Very nice. If I sign up for a yoga class, I am more likely to do yoga at a consistent time. (laughs) Nice. Is the signing up, like, is the involvement of other people important? Or could you, like, schedule yoga at home? I think it would be better than unscheduled yoga at home. But I think the involvement of other people is definitely definitely a factor. Sure, you're, like, committing with someone and you... Yeah, right. that makes sense. Yeah. Um... And then also those days and the moments when I looked at where I was at uh, were the days that felt better most of the time. And so those are those are my thoughts. Those are my reflections on self-care. Um, and so with those, moving into winter 2021, um, looking forward to the next couple months, I am very aware that there's a a project at work that is going to be due in late February um, that has been in progress for years. (laughs) So there will be a push come January Mm -hmm. and February. um, And so with that in mind, I'm just going to need to not expect too much of myself outside of work because Mm -hmm. work is going to be more stressful than the average um for this next little bit um 
but really, like I said, those most successful times that I did self-care weren't really so where like a face mask uh, feels like it might take up time that Mm -hmm. I would otherwise be spending other places. uh, The most meaningful instances of self-care for me felt like um, they they didn't take as much time because they were things. The real self-care was the decisions that I made along the way. How about that? (laughs) How's that for a tagline? Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. The the real self-care was not saying like, oh, okay, I'm going to do yoga every week or, oh, okay, I'm going to plan two days in advance to do a a face scrub or whatever. Sure. The real self-care was checking in and saying, hey, my back hurts pretty consistently. I ought to do yoga or, Mm. hey, I'm feeling bad about my face, so I should do this scrub or... um, hey i'm feeling burnt out and so i shouldn't just keep trying to work um and so those were all instances where i like checked in with myself and so winter 2021 is going to be this winter of self-awareness Ooh, yeah i'm putting any parentheses everywhere no parentheses (laughs) i've heard getting used to your reflection is can be very healthy yeah, I I used to be good at it. Um I used to be able to see my own face and hear my voice uh and be like, "Ah, okay, yeah." Um because I would edit videos of myself pretty consistently from age 14. <laughs> 14? Is that the number? Sure could be. That could be the number. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, when do we start getting more vlogs? Um, eventually. More vlogs. The people demand it. I think, I think the people do demand it. Actually, that is that it that bears out. Um, there is a lot of demand for more vlogs. Um, but this is not about the winter of, uh, what others demand awareness. This is the winter of self awareness. Mm. Um. That being said, I was in a Zoom call the other day and somebody was sharing. It wasn't actually Zoom. Don't worry. I I understand that Zoom's problematic. Zoom is like Kleenex now. It's just a word that doesn't mean the brand in my head. Um, okay. I honestly don't know what uh, what the issues with Zoom are. That's okay. We can skip past that something 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 taiwan um okay i'm not sure what so i was in a call a video call and somebody shared their screen and they shared the part of the screen where they could see all of the rest of us calling and i saw my video unflipped and like left my body for a good couple seconds (laughs) inverted video is awful or rather it's the best and uninverted video is terrible right But that used to just be like my self-image was of me from my camera, just as much as it was of me in the mirror. Right. But you had roughly a month to separate yourself from that person. Correct. Like if I, if I flipped my video right now, I would be upset, I think. Uh But if I was rewatching the video flipped later, I would not have as much an issue with it probably. But who knows? Probably. Yeah. 
Um, I don't have the money to put mirrors everywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I do have the money to go to therapy and to journal. Um, journals are a great way to spend a little bit of money and get a lot of return um, to do self check-ins. Um, and so that's one way that I can look at self-awareness, but I also can look at um, like, what are the the vibes that I'm putting out when I am mm. sitting in this room and I am grumpy? Am I putting out grumpy vibes? Should I say to my partner, Hey, I'm grumpy about work. It's not a you thing. I'm just grumpy. Um, would that help? Uh, what are the vibes I'm putting out at work in texts on social media, um, that kind of thing. Um, and that's a, an awareness of self that I am really not practiced in. And so that's something I, I could definitely use this theme to push myself more in that direction. Mm. Um, I was informed last night that when I pout there's that the like thing where you put your fingers together and do like the, the please uh-huh. then when i do that i look like a monkey and not like i'm pouting oh no um, <laughs> that's really upsetting and so like that would be an upsetting thing to learn i don't know what that is but it feels like self-awareness right <laughs> and i I'm also interested, uh, but this is kind of a, a sub thing, maybe not um, the primary angle on self-awareness, but uh, that there is a digital self um, in that social media sphere that I talked about and also mm. in all of the places that I put all of my lists um, uh, that I would like to kind of sort through and understand where I'm at with my digital self. All right. Sounds like vlogs to me. <laughs> um, there is a reading list. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the book is titled Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Uh, the subtitle is A Therapist, Her Therapist, and Our Lives Revealed, hmm. um, which seems like an interesting book, and I've heard good reviews, and so I'd like to check it out. And then How to Do Nothing, I think, also in a similar way, uh, encourages that, like, or I hope it does. Um, that's the thing about books is you don't know what they say until you read them. It's true. And so I'm I'm trying to keep a pared down reading list because perhaps that will make it a little more achievable. Do you reach your Goodreads goal? You might need to add some more to reach your Goodreads goal for the year. For the year? In the next 10 days? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to read eight or nine more books i think (laughs) i think okay so my first thought when you were talking about your social media was like okay zach's going to like make an image for himself like and i'm wondering if that is how you're thinking about it and how and if so what you want that image to be um i think a few things about that. I think okay. one, I have already been making an image for myself of sorts on social media. Um, and so I think I would like to maybe look at what that image is. Mm. Um, Just be aware of it. Yeah, to be aware of it and maybe see if there's a way to pull it closer to like the genuine self. And if that's a thing that I want to do, if there is such a thing as the genuine <laughs> self, which I am, I imagine there is. Um and also just like 
there were there were a lot of words, but I think it all all boils down to pulling it closer to that genuine self. Hmm. I think it would be on theme to get the theme system journal. I also feel like that's a high bar to meet then. How so? To go from journaling once a month to every day mm-hmm. feels like a, a large jump. It is. But you, I mean, it doesn't have to be every day, right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that the theme system journal, for me at least, when I used it, it was most helpful in the early parts of the theme mm-hmm. when you're still trying to figure out what it means to, to some degree. Okay. So maybe like you don't commit for every day for the whole winter, but just like every day for the first two weeks or something mm-hmm. or every other day or every third day. Yeah. Alternatively. Uh, mm. you write the same things you would write in the in the theme system journal in a, on a on a piece of paper, <laughs> but it's not as much fun, and you don't get the high quality paper that Mike picked mm-hmm. out specially for you. I mean, I've got a Leuchtturm journal to to do my journaling in. It's not like I'm concerned about the paper quality. <laughs> you mentioned like telling your partner that you're grumpy about work and it's not about them. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? the communication of that of your self-awareness is going to be a large part of the theme or is it mostly for you and your journal and your therapist i think personally i think a lot better when i am communicating whatever it is i'm thinking um and so Mm -hmm. there's going to be some amount of like if i get the idea out to the journal or to my therapist or whatever Mm -hmm. um that that will help me process it. Um, but it is not, it's not for anyone else's sake necessarily. Okay. Is that, is that I think answering that makes the question you were asking? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So with increased self-awareness, I might discover some more things about myself, right? I might, um, become awoken to uh Uh some some inner truths about me right right and so i'm 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 looking for an awakening of some sort uh (laughs) as a part of this theme cool i i think you might learn a thing or two from uh uh, no you wouldn't this is (laughs) not true um i played a video game called link's awakening and it is the like I don't know what to call it exactly. It's remastered, maybe. Mm-hmm. It it is. It, it, the original came out in 1993 for the Game Boy, making it the fourth Legend of Zelda, um, in you know in the main in the main story to be released. Um, it was redone for Switch, and it looks amazing. Where does it go in the Brian David Gilbert Zelda timeline? I'm pretty sure. It it takes place after A Link to the Past, so I think it is in the first of the three branches. Okay. I Zach verify that for show notes. Alright, we'll do. <laughs> sort of edit around it if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's a really odd game. 
I bought it when it was on sale because it looked good, but I knew nothing about it going in. I had never seen any reviews or anything because it came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the game has a really interesting art style. Um, the like main thing you notice is that the the characters and the monsters look like someone like created minifigs, put them in a setting, and then took a picture of it interesting and like the edges of the screen are a little bit blurred to like create a sense of like those are the peripherals like you want to be focused on on the middle um just like kind of you do with reality it's it's really interesting and it looks really really good Mm -hmm. uh its wikipedia entry describes it as diorama like which i think i agree with there, it's also weird because it has a bunch of characters that are borrowed from other Nintendo properties, which I, it would, they don't feel like Easter eggs because there's all like a whole sequence with a chain chomp that like <laughs> is like part of the main quest story thing. Um, I also thought it was really weird and turned, this is a review because I didn't, I had a lot of thoughts about it and I didn't know what else to do with it. So it's podcast material. Hell yeah. Um, it's really weird in terms of difficulty. There are two modes, normal and hero mode. I was playing on normal because I was like, okay, well, hero's going to be too hard for like a first run. And the combat was way, way too easy. But the figuring out how to get to the next dungeon, um, the the puzzling aspects were really difficult for me. Um, there were a few times where the stairs to get across... The river were hidden under a random bush that I didn't find any hints or anything. Like, that's not really a puzzle. It's just cutting down every bush in the northeast region <laughs> trying to advance. <laughs> um, and that would feel a bit more appropriate if the rest of the game was harder. But since the combat is so easy, it felt weird to have parts of it that are just literally cutting down every bush in the area. Mm-hmm. A lot of the puzzles, especially in the later half of the game, focus on the differences between different types of walls. Um, Like, you can find the correct path through the dungeon based on what walls are where and what can and cannot go over the walls. Like, you can put an item over it, or you can shoot an arrow over it, but you can't jump over it. Or you can't... Or um, if you throw it in a certain way, you can get it over, but it's not... Whatever. It's not important. <laughs> it's a lot of details to remember for an otherwise easy game. Mm-hmm. Is what I was going where I was going with that. So I'm going to start a spoiler slot. So uh, blow the spoiler horn, please. Um, I don't think that's how it works. You got to have it at the end if there's spoilers. Just go use your podcast player and skip to the next chapter if you don't want spoilers for a game that came out in 1993. <laughs> Before I was born, for the record. Jared, just so you know, I will be removing my earbuds so I cannot hear Liz, um, <laughs> but I'm kind of okay at reading lips, so I might just chime in based on that. <laughs> okay. The story is really upsetting. Um, maybe I'm missing some context, but this is how I interpreted the story. So, Link wakes up on a on the beach of an island. He finds his sword and shield, then starts trying to find a way to get off the island. 
a helpful owl comes down from the heavens to tell Link that he must first wake up the windfish to escape the island. So Link does what he does best and starts clearing dungeons, collecting tools, and the eight musical instruments that can wake up the windfish with a certain song. Along the way, he meets uh, really nice and helpful people that help him along. Uh, he even has a little crush. It's very cute. Um, towards the end of the game, Link discovers ruins that tell him that the island is part of the windfish's dream. The bosses start telling Link that he must not awaken the windfish because the island and everything on it is part of the windfish's dream. And if he wakes up the windfish, all this will cease to exist. And at this point, I, as the player, was totally ready to abandon the quest and not wake up the windfish because I don't want to existent the people that I've met. <laughs> um, but there was nothing I could do. There was... right. There were probably side quests or something, but to advance in the main story, you have no choice but to continue trying to wake the windfish. So you go along with it, thinking, oh, oh, surely at some point they're going to make Link go against the owl and save his friends. Or, this game is getting super deep and they're going to make me choose between escaping the windfish's dream and allowing my friends to keep existing. And eventually, you get all the in instruments right. that you need to wake up the windfish, and the only thing that it seemed like you could do was go and play the song so you do then you have to fight some of the previous bosses again then the owl comes down and says that if you go up these steps you will wake up the windfish and the only way out of the room that you're in in this dungeon is up those stairs so you go up thinking okay game this is your last chance not scar me for life then you're halfway up the stairs, the cutscene starts, and you watch as everyone in that you've met in the story gets wiped away, like like uh, a white like wipe. It's like fade to fade to white, except it's a wipe. What the hell? And then the whole island just disappears. And you keep watching and you see in a different art style, um that Link wakes up amongst a shipwreck in the middle of the ocean. The windfish flies overhead, and that's where the game ends. Can can you like get all the eggs, and then you the windfish doesn't kill everybody? I I looked Link's up the Wikipedia and end. read the synopsis of the plot just to make sure I didn't miss something important, but it didn't seem like it. Oh, secret ending! Here's how Zelda: Link's Awakening Switch handles the original secret ending. If there was a secret ending, there was not a like hint or anything because otherwise i would have done that just to be clear to jared that i'm not a terrible person on purpose mm -hmm. so apparently there is a secret ending but i don't know how you get it if you if you've beaten the whole of link's awakening without dying then you'll get a heartwarming easter egg featuring link's crush so basically you have to do it without dying Ah, because if you die in the dream, then all of your friends die in real life. Just the one character gets saved. Yeah, yeah, it looks like <laughs> the rest of the island still disappears, but the one character that you had a crush on is gets, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, oh. um, that's it. That's that's my review of Link's Awakening. Uh, that's it. A little too hard in some places, too easy in other places. Um, overall, fun and interesting. 
in terms of mechanics and gameplay, just like every other Zelda game. But Jesus, what are you doing with that ending? Mm-hmm. I know it's like the original one. It's not the the remake's fault that it didn't have a better ending, but like, come right. on, 1993. This isn't what I want. So something that should have tipped me off that it was a dream before learning was that Link never eats anything. Like in, we, it, in, if... in the dreams, you don't have to like... In dreams, you don't have to eat because it's, you know, an adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do all these things. So um, so food is just not important in Zelda uh, until Breath of the Wild, which is not a dream, apparently. <laughs> ah, but all of the rest of the Zeldas are a dream. Exactly. Yep. And that explains a lot of discontinuities then. Mm-hmm. That kind of, you kind of wave away discontinuities by saying, oh, you're it's just all a dream. Extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Hey, speaking of food. Uh huh. Do you remember what my 2020 food goal was? Um, it wasn't no bacon on your hamburgers. That was 2019, I think. Uh huh. But no, I don't remember yeah, what your 2020 so, was. So, Jared, if you're you're just tuning in now, um, for the last couple of years, I have done various food-related um, and largely meat-related yearly goals. Um, it started with uh, Meat Week, which was not actually... It didn't like start in January and end in January. I think it started in May and ended in June the next year. Um and so that was one week I could eat meat, the next week I could not, um, cycling through for a whole year. Uh, and then starting in that January, uh, there was no bacon on my burger um, because that's just some extravagance that I don't need. Um, so I I'd spent a whole year not putting bacon on my burger. Um, and then 2020 was no beef. Oh, totally forgot that yeah um i did once or twice also um but i think on the whole i i did pretty well at the no beef i can count i believe count on one hand the the beefs that i've eaten (laughs) i had a hamburger at a christmas party um and based on the fact that i said the word party you can tell that was pretty early in the year Mm -hmm. uh also, I guess Christmas, that's kind of. <laughs> um, I had Salisbury steak one night because I was very sad and just wanted a microwave meal of Salisbury steak. Makes sense. Uh, and then when we moved in on the 4th of July, I was like, I just, it's burger time. It's the 4th of July. We just moved in. It's time to celebrate a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I believe those are the three beefs that I've eaten. Nice. Very nice. All year. Um, And so now looking forward to 2021, I've got to think about like, what do I do? I've already done meat week, no meat week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've already done no bacon on my burger because that's just an extravagance that I don't need. Mm. Um, I've already done no beef. I have an Uh, idea. So okay so first you did no bacon on your burger then you did Uh no beef on your burger 
Next, you do no bun on your burger. (laughs) Hands are archaic. We have tools for eating. We (laughs) should use them, not rely on buns. No condiments on my burger. We are an advanced society capable of making a good burger without condiments or buns. Um, But I, I... I respect those. I think those would be a great continuation of the um of the the themes that I've been pushing along with, the mm-hmm. food goals. Um but I think it's a lot of negativity. Mm. Right? It's a lot of like no meat, sure. no beef, yeah. no bacon on my burger. That's a lot of no's. That's a lot of negativity. Uh, and I think my food energy would maybe be better spent on some positivity. Mm. Um so 2021 is going to be the year that i eat my vegetables Hmm. that sounds like a theme more than a goal it is a goal um because it comes concretely with i want to have three servings of vegetables a day all right that's a very good goal rather Um, it's a it's a it's a it's an achievable goal which is always mm -hmm. good it's a smart goal it's specific it's Mm -hmm. marketable (laughs) achievable Mm -hmm. really cool and timed yes (laughs) (laughs) so that's my 2021 food goal all right do you have any plans to achieve it or rather uh that's a not a good way of saying that do you have any like what is your course of action in order to achieve these goals um this goal singular right yeah i've been practicing a little bit uh eating vegetables you know uh for a while celery's a tricky one (laughs) personally i'm into this uh, as a vegetarian uh i'm in these i'm actually speed running my vegetables by Uh um blending them up drinking them etc stuff like that (laughs) Oh, I had I had a speed run vegetable concoction uh, the other day that was a kale based speed run vegetable mm. concoction, and it was not good. No, <laughs> it was not. It was like kale and broccoli, I think, and maybe apples. That's not a great smoothie. No, so I, I hadn't considered that. I could speed run my vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's a lot of like I can just make a rice bowl and put some vegetables in it and that baby that's a whole meal. That's a meal. Um could probably put quiches back on the menu cuz that's I could say like okay a slice is roughly a serving of vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's going to be good. Um and I am also hoping to get a vegetable based cookbook. Mm. Um I have some ideas, but but I'll I'll report back in in a fortnight about what vegetable based cookbook base shoot what vegetable based cookbook uh, I I ended up going with. I want to put an idea in your brain, and maybe we'll come okay. back to it in two weeks. Because okay. I don't know if we're gonna have a whole lot of time to discuss it, but I'm gonna try. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some science that says eating vegetables is good. Right. 
But why should we believe that? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm back on this particular bullshit. What? Why? Believes, believe science is a slogan that people say. And mm-hmm. it is. it annoys the crap out of me for a reason that I can't quite put my finger on. Um, even though I, we tried for like 40 minutes last time. <laughs> we talked like 40 minutes about it. <sighs> if you look at it through the lens of Occam's razor, the easiest thing to eat is nothing. And so probably that's what we need. <laughs> that's the simplest. Yeah, if, our, if we, evolutionarily speaking, the thing we do by default, not eating, should be the best. <laughs> I say, having never experienced a craving in my life... <laughs> um i'm rereading what i wrote yesterday and it's a lot of rambling go for it i'm i'm here for some rambling okay i'm gonna ramble a little bit and then at the end i'm going to say something that as actually that i think is smart and i it, it doesn't necessarily relate to the beginning so much okay the phrase we came up to to replace belief science is uh scientists are doing their best or something like that Mm -hmm. which is funny and make sure to point out that people are wrong about things sometimes and but based on that one may conclude that the best of the best of some scientists is racist and further from the truth right and i was thinking about science like what what we do to do quote do science right Mm-hmm. A scientist does an experiment, maybe even demonstrate an experiment to you. But if they do anything else other than the experiment, they're using rhetoric to convince you. A scientific paper does not demonstrate the truth. It tries to convince you that the conclusion is correct. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean like for how we should interpret them, though? And, like, it might be tempting to put on your pragmatist hat and just say, well, if it's, like, if it if we can't, if this is the best we got and we haven't proved it wrong yet, we might as well just accept that is the truth and, like, try to, like, you know, keep keep on it. But, like, let's let's go with this for now. Right. Um, and I think that's roughly what most people do. Like, you see an... When we see a news article that says a new snail was discovered, we think, neat, snail, and move on with our lives because there's no reason that to think that uh, the pe- that people are just making up snails. Um, <laughs> but that argument by authority that scientists, th- that's the only argument they have. They have, they say, I'm an authority on this because I studied it. I didn't experiment on it, etc. Mm-hmm. It can be, and has been in the past, used to, uh, or abused to tell us, and sometimes to convince us, things that are not true. And, like, I don't think very many people listening need me to go through, like, instances of scientific racism, etc. And, like, the thing you... The thing I kept thinking about was if science is done, it's being done for a reason. And that reason is different for everyone and is not inherently suspect. But if science is done, it's being done through a lens. And that is 
um, kind of how I'm thinking about it in the first place. I'm just to make sure we're on the same page. I'm thinking like phrenology is an example of a scientist sat down and was like, "Well, we studied these people and found this about their skulls." Yep, um, that kind of thing. And, uh, what uh, eugenics is another instance mm-hmm. of this, where like quote science was done and i you know like i'm almost tempted to remove the quotes because like science was done it the Mm -hmm. the science that they did it didn't get us close to the truth which is what science is supposed to do but also not always what it does so i have to ask myself what i would do if we suddenly had to make policy decisions that affect the lives or livelihoods of like a lot of people, based on whether dark matter exists. And listeners will remember that I don't think dark matter exists. And I think that our models of the universe that require dark matter existing to work are wrong. Obviously, I don't have a better idea of how it works, but that's not the point. Right. If the reasoning was ironclad that because dark matter exists, we must... I don't know go harvest it or something by spending all of our all of the the money to go to space and if it's if Mm -hmm. dark matter is real we could like use it to help everyone but if it's not real then we're just wasting money trying to collect the thing that doesn't exist right if dark matter exists we can use it for cold fusion and powers yeah exactly so (laughs) how would how would I deal with that? Because the scientific community says dark matter exists. The people who study the universe. How would I vote if, you know, the option was given to me, would I vote in favor mm-hmm. or not in favor of trying to collect the dark matter? I don't know if I see a clear difference besides the obvious, but like a clear difference in the context of like valid science versus not valid science. Um, between like using models to predict climate change and using these models to predict dark matter. I was thinking about how much we would need to pay Bill Nye to get him to say what you just said, which is not um, thinking about what you were just saying. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But it's, but it's, it's interesting though, right? Like I'm not just up my own ass here. It, like it would be an uh-huh. in- it's an in- interesting question that like i don't necessarily know how to reconcile cuz for every argument i can make that says yes these things are different i can also make one that says they're not i am put towards thoughts of science democracy let's call it mm-hmm. where every scientist every climate scientist gets a vote <laughs> on climate policy and every theoretical physicist gets a vote on um dark matter policy right mm-hmm. and i i wonder if a super majority of physicists would say we should go investigate dark matter the way that i believe a super majority of climate scientists would say we need to do something about this and mm-hmm. The degree to which we do something about it might be different for each of them, mm-hmm. but whether or not something needs to be done is is agreed upon by a large amount of climate scientists as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. The same thing 
But and the same thing could be said for eugenics back in the day. Like a, absolutely a supermajority of scientists at the time would have said, "Yeah, this is a good idea." I'm as far as I understand it. I I'm confused don't know this. about the place where eugenics is science and not just a policy thing. In the same way that we act on science, we we want to act on science for to make the lives of people of you know your society better. Mm-hmm. If you know nutrition scientists were like, oh yeah, that's actually nutrition science is a great one. The Mediterranean diet is like super bunk science um, mm. that we turned into a matter of policy. Mm-hmm. If I know nothing about a subject like mm-hmm. physics <laughs> or nutrition, <laughs> like what is if the only thing I can really do is listen to authorities uh, about it. And if the authorities mm-hmm. are wrong, what do we do? And what if the and if the authorities are racist, what do we do? If the authorities are being bought out by the Koch brothers, what do we do? Okay, this actually ties into something I've been thinking about too since the 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 discussion on evil mm. and like where does evil come from is like whose job is it to teach us all whatever how to be how to be civically involved, right? Let's say mm-hmm. because I don't trust the system that gave me the American high school system mm-hmm. to create um, a great educational opportunity for um, you know, whatever, building p- systems of power outside the electoral process. And in a similar way, like, who do we trust to tell Jeff Bezos that what he's doing is an evil thing because then we're giving somebody the authority to, to, to point at a thing and say evil? Yeah, and I mean, evil is a little bit different because, like, it's a thing that philosophers think about a lot, I think, Um, Mm -hmm. rather than, like, other authorities. I think, what am I trying to say? Um, Philosophy isn't real, or is very real. Or uh, something <laughs> like that. Philosophy is so real that it's not real. <laughs> Basically, yes. So, Zach, what do you do in the dark matter scenario? How do you... Do you trust the authority or do you not? What if it had to be all or nothing? What if we had to use basically all the money to go get this dark matter, but it could save humanity? I think there are some factors that are important. Okay. Um, which include that, like the percentage thing that I'm thinking about before. Does do a supermajority of theoretical physicists think that dark matter is real enough to be worth exploring? Um, Let's say unquestionably yes. Unquestionably yes. But I individually doubt the efficacy of dark matter as me as as a policymaker or as you know just a random ass voter the way like we are i like i i thought about i'm saying dark matter because it's like the thing i thought of when i thought of when i was trying to think of things i disagree with the like a like the scientific community quote on mm-hmm like it's it's low stakes, which is why it's easy for me to go 
yeah, probably not. <laughs> but if you make it high stakes, what if we ha- what if as a society we had to make this decision based on what is entirely an argument by authority? There's not a way you can say to there like you can't dark matter is not a thing we can demonstrate the same way we can demonstrate uh the polarity of water, for example. Mm-hmm. We can't do an experiment in our house and see that dark matter exists. We have to trust authorities. And the thing is, no matter what I say, the decision to say something is low stakes, regardless of how high stakes the the actual decision would be. I think if an overwhelming majority of the scientific community through different methods, maybe, let's say it like that, and I can refine it later, um, arrived at the conclusion that dark matter exists and could help us in this whatever measurable way. Mm-hmm. What if it is, like, what if it is, like, what is it, I want to make it more fair. So I'm going to adjust your scenario a little bit. Okay. What if it's the amount of sureness that we are right now that it exists? Like, I think you could probably form a th- supermajority. Mm-hmm. But, like, just the data we have right now plus the fact that we can use it for cold fusion or whatever. If it exists, we can use it for cold fusion. But And we're, and we're as sure that it exists as we are right now. And I'm not allowed to tell you I don't know. Well, I mean, you can vote third party, I guess. But like, so you're okay with saying you don't know here. So why are you willing to vote on climate change? I assume you are. Yes, I am. Okay. So am I, for the record. I'm trying to figure out why that Uh is. (laughs) And if it's just that I've seen better arguments for it, and if it's... And I want to, like, think about those arguments. Are these arguments convincing if they're not coming from an authority that I trust? The reason I bring it up here at all is because I can't figure out why um, I I would trust NASA on climate change and not on dark matter. I—this is the flimsiest answer I could give— I have seen articles with headlines like the oil industry's 20-year-long campaign to sow confusion around climate science. Mm -hmm. I have seen zero headlines about the, I guess it's also an energy thing, the oil industry's 20-year campaign to sow confusion about dark matter and i understand that that's awful that's an awful reason and that's still my reason i think it sounds like you have a reason to distrust the so in the two arguments of authority it and i keep saying arguments of authority it's a philosoph it's you know it's a rhetorical term Mm -hmm. it's a type of argument and i think that most of the most of the arguments about climate change are just that authority um, right. there is like you know you can point at data but 
Like most people cannot, most people, including myself, cannot interpret that data for myself. Yeah. Not in any meaningful way, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so, and I trust the authorities that say yes more than I trust the authorities that say no. And that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say the same thing. And I and it would be like self-consistent for me to say the same thing about dark matter, except it just sounds so much more like everything I've heard about it from the, author- the same authorities. This sounds so wishy-washy and, you know, flimsy. And then uh, that's the re- reason why I'm trying to... It's not saying that these people aren't good at their job or that I don't trust them as authorities. It's just saying that the argument that is below the argument of authority, the the interpretation of data looks wrong to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, a bone to pick with dark matter. <laughs> I don't I believe know. in it in the same way that like... I think you haven't like s- committed to saying dark matter exists because it's not as important. Right, exactly. But And, you know, this ex- thought experiment was trying to make it important. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't know. It would be, it would, I would have to think a lot and I'd have to watch a lot of YouTube videos trying to figure out <laughs> whether or not I believe right. this or not. But, like, they're all, whatever I whatever I find is always going to be an argument by authority and Mm -hmm. not necessarily better ones. Why do I trust this person more than that person? Like they just have, they have just as many like self serving motivations as everyone else. But like, I I have another thought on this, um, which is that you are also trusting authority to get the COVID vaccine, even after whatever a million people have gotten it. You're trusting authority in a way of like the authority is saying this is not going to hurt Liz Mm -hmm. indirectly, but they're saying this vaccine is not going to hurt Liz. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, okay, well, based on the authority and also that, you know, whatever, 2000 other Liz's who have gotten this vaccine, Mm -hmm. um, probably it's not going to hurt me. Probably. And so... I can look at the fact that it is December 19th and there is no snow on the ground where I am and think about like just the data collected that that's not usually the case for the area that I'm in Um, and say that this year is abnormal and the years previous have been abnormally abnormal. Um. Right, all bunched up. It's like an abnormal year within an abnormal decade. Yeah, and you could, but you know, I could, I could say that, like, that's a small sample size in terms of like global co- climate in yeah. your specific city um, at the specific decade is like so tiny but, on the grand scale. But it makes me more likely to believe that climate change is real and is going to affect my life in the same way that seeing a bunch of other people get the vaccine makes me feel more likely to believe that the vaccine's not going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I it, I think a philosopher or like someone who considers them considers themselves entirely rational would start poking holes in it, but like that is the reason yeah. and that's like that's not going to change. Presumably, uh -huh. just because I tell you it's not entirely rational. <laughs> oh no, you've I disappear into a poof of logic. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Ah, we're out of time anyway. I think I think if the dark matter theoretical physicists were like, oh yeah, dark matter is the reason that you see shadowy figures in the corner of your vision sometimes late at night <laughs> and could like point in a meaningful way to like, here's how those things relate that more people would be likely to believe in dark matter. I don't often see shadowy figures in the corner of my vision late at night, so I don't I couldn't necessarily oh, I literally all the time. <laughs> but I don't think it's dark matter. <laughs> I've heard better explanations from psychologists for that phenomenon than I do for theoretical physicists. And by better I mean what? more convincing but why why is it more convincing monkey brain likes a full story a complete story with a start and an end and now a psa from the worrying bugs this is a high fantasy high femme campaign setting so bring your most magical lipstick and most gorgeous characters to the table this has been a psa from the worrying bugs Zach, if someone wants to tell me the double secret ending of Link's Awakening. <laughs> uh, or if you would like to tell me about your seasonal theme, I would be very interested to hear it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at... 